0: Welcome to another episode of 115 Miles Hass, Have you enjoyed this episode that we just recorded? I enjoyed it very much, Josh.
1: It was, uh, I didn't expect to be talking about Line of Duty, or as you call it, the Line of Duty, Um, (laughs) the BBC. uh, We talked about Keir Starmer. We talked about uh, Reasons to be Cheerful. I mean, it was a great episode.
0: Yeah, and again, you've missed out the fact that we talked about we've been going now for over a year. That should have been two weeks ago when it was your episode and you've forgotten again. This podcast means nothing to you, but it means a lot to the people that listen to it, Has And do you think they're gonna to enjoy today's episode? I think they're gonna enjoy it very much. Well, I hope they're gonna enjoy it very much, Josh. I think I think they do, particularly when we talk about Keir Starmer being an alien dressed as the Labour leader. Serious conversation on the podcast as ever. One thing that I'd like to highlight is if, the, if people wanna come and join the community, they can do it at 115 miles pod on Instagram. That's really going to get a bit of a revamp now as we're going to do some more video content and people should leave us a review, Hass. What sort of review should people leave us? Well, I'd
1: love them to head over to iTunes and leave us a tune on. Uh, Leave us a...
0: (laughs) (laughs) We really hope you enjoy this episode. Go and leave us a review and we'll see you very soon. This is 115 Miles, with Josh Connolly and Hassan Khair. Living exactly 115 miles apart, our lives could not have been more different growing up, yet we find ourselves today as really good friends with many similar outlooks and perspectives. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture, and everything in between. Hassan! What's happening? We're 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 relatively free men now with the lockdown with the lockdown easing yeah how do you feel about it do you feel free
1: I, I, I don't feel free because I keep because uh, I haven't had my vaccine yet and I'm sort of in that weird uh, purgatory zone of being over 40 but not quite old enough to <laughs> to get the vaccine <laughs> so I sort of uh, now I, I do I do but I haven't it hasn't really sunk in I haven't like been out to the pub or or a restaurant or anything like that so nothing's really significantly changed for me
0: have you been past any though like have you seen people congregating outside and all that kind of stuff
1: yeah like people are bang up for it aren't they they're just like they don't don't care they want to sit out in the cold and you know eat cold food have a blanket on but you know
0: yeah my my, so my older brother did it they they, it was my sister-in-law's uh birthday this week and they had a table at some purple, something like that but he said yeah it's six it was about six degrees in the evening he said but when you're just sat there just just sat still drinking cold beer he's like that's freezing (laughs) so they were all wrapped up and his, his wife and her mates they all had blankets and stuff like that but it's i love it mate it's not kind of like what i am doing or would be doing but i love that it's happening and i love that people aren't getting upset about it do you remember last summer when they kind of opened everything back up and everyone, with, you had people that sort of got on with it and did what they were told they were allowed to do, and then there was loads of people just. Do you remember like the beach? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Beachgate. Beach. Beachgate. Bour- Bournemouth Beachgate. Bournemouth Beachgate. Yeah. Uh, so there was like all that kind of stuff, but it's different today. Uh, do you know what? I think a lot of it is to do with the news as well, because the new. If you look at the news apps now, COVID's not really on there.
1: Hmm
0: uh Mm. and it's i'm an avid news reader i read the news every day Mm. and a lot and then i go and if there's an article on a particular app that uh, intrigues me i'll go and read uh more about it i'll google it and then read different views on it right but it's interesting how less anxious i feel about the whole covid situation now that it's in the news less
1: do you think it's also to do with the fact that the vaccine's here now, and and we are, you know, we're ahead of the curve in terms of vaccinations versus the world, and people see an end in sight. Um, Do you think that's something to do with it as well?
0: I think it is. I think it is something to do with it, but I I, I also, I think it's more to do with the way that we're fed the message. And we're not really fed the message now.
1: I don't know if I agree with that. I I think we're, you know, There are a lot of people that are sheep and just follow whatever goes on in the media. And there are enough people out, you know, out in the world that can understand what's going on, you know, with the way that the media portrays their narrative. I genuinely think the fact that the vaccination is here and it's being administered and people are working through it, um, that there's less fear around the impact on the older generation, I think that's having a, a, a big effect. But also, everyone's over it. L- last summer, we were still like, "Oh, you know, we have to abide by it," and there was a lot of peer pressure and, you know, eyes looking at people if they were doing stuff that they shouldn't be. And whereas I think everyone's just over it. Like I think you know, no one really was up for it at the beginning of this year. But most people, on the whole, just played their part. And we're over it,
0: you know. Yeah, And and there is a certain, there's an amount of like almost boredom with it. Yeah. It's like people are now just getting back to, which is interesting. uh, And totally not where I was going to go at the beginning. Because there's a big question that's on everyone's lips. And it's completely non-Covid related. Yeah. You're looking at me with with
1: like. Because you you look like you're about to say something smart. Everything I say smart has. Smart as in uh, sarcastic. That's what I meant.
0: Yeah, I know. That's why I said everything. (laughs) Uh, We'll come on to that, actually, a little bit later. Um, The big question, what what do you think the big question on everybody's lips is? Uh, What, man, for dinner? (laughs) (laughs) No, here's a clue. Here's a clue. Here's a clue. It was on everyone's lips on Monday morning.
1: Everyone's lips on Monday morning?
0: Oh, come on, mate. Is... Kate Fleming dead. Ah,
1: <laughs> oh man, I was, I was thinking about, did I miss something about Prince Philip or um, is Kate Fleming dead? Did you okay. watch
0: it? Did you watch it? Of course I watched it. Did you kick the k- wife and kids out like you said you I do. did.
1: I always do every
0: What do you Sunday? really do that? Let me just yeah. stop here a minute. You tell them you're not watching it with them and you have to watch it on your own.
1: Pretty much yeah I mean uh, well, what? <laughs> well, well, well firstly like Erin's like not watched it right and she hasn't watched any of the seasons but she might one day and she knows it so I sort of say I oh, you don't really want to you, you don't want to see this because like the whole you know the whole uh, what is it six seasons have been building up to these moments. So. Why
0: she never watched it if what was she doing when you were watching it? I don't know. She, you kicked her out. I don't keep her itinerary. <laughs> she was watching <laughs>
1: Game of Thrones. No, she still doesn't watch Game of Thrones either. Um I don't know. Like we just didn't you know, we just didn't get into it at all the right. same time. So you kicked them all out. So she's got and then and then uh my eldest daughter as well. Uh she um I, I told her in when she's about eighteen, she's gonna definitely wanna watch this season, uh this series, uh, line of duty. So um I feel like you're
0: lying. I feel like that's not why you kicked them out.
1: No, that's what I tell them. The reason I kicked them out <laughs> so is because... So why did you kick them out then? Because you just, want to watch I, it in peace.
0: You don't want I anyone... Don't, I need to concentrate.
1: You understand? Now, listen, you haven't mentioned You haven't mentioned that we're talking about Line of Duty. Oh,
0: everyone knows, apart from Erin and your two kids, everyone, your kids, not everyone knows what it. we're talking not about. Not everyone's
1: into it. Just, it seems like it's, you know, it's me and you. <laughs> no, um, everyone's into it. Everyone, oh,
0: yeah. And and what you do is it's on for an hour and you spend the first five 55 minutes looking at it thinking, I'm absolutely enthralled by this, but I've got no idea what's going on. There's I've just got, too
1: there's just too many characters. It's 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 like interweaving names from C- series one that you just think, oh my god, I've forgotten that, and I don't know who they're talking
0: about. Um, I saw a yeah, good I, meme. Let me just interrupt. I saw a good meme. Did you, uh, when uh, you know when they went to visit the dude in the prison and he was he couldn't remember nothing. They were going, yeah. Uh, yeah. saying names, and he was going, who? I saw yeah. a good meme that was like everyone watching uh, Line of Duty just going, yeah. who? Who? Yeah, um, exactly. Should I remember that name? <laughs> um, no, I
1: love it. I love it. And the reason I kicked them out is because I need, that's my me time on a Sunday night. Just, I'm not going to apologise for it. I give myself to the world, Josh. <laughs> I need one hour on a Sunday night for me. <laughs> so is she dead? Nah. She's not dead. Who's the gunshots coming from? Steve Arnott. Possibly Steve Arnott, but I reckon it's Kelly McDonald's character.
0: I don't know what that means, mate. Who's the character? What Joe? The the the. Joe. Yeah. Joe. She, Joe, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you reckon she shot him twice? There was two gunshots, mate. There was two. Yeah, but
1: there might have been two gunshots, but that doesn't mean two people go down.
0: Well, no, but it means there was two gunshots. So is she shooting twice? Do you reckon she shot both ones at him?
1: Well, he may have fired off a round, but I don't think Kate would have died. She might have took one in the shoulder, which might put her in a sling for two weeks. Oh, yeah. The last two episodes. She's going to get on the
0: pills with Steve.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what do you think about Steve's addiction uh, storyline?
0: Um, uh, I think it's done quite well, actually.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've got Nothing else to say about it.
1: Don't worry, we're not going to do addiction part two on this <laughs> podcast.
0: Uh, but in like on a bit of a serious note, um, if it wasn't line of duty is keeping the BBC alive, be how long's the BBC got left on the shelf, mate? Five years, uh,
1: as an I institution. Know. I mean, I don't think I don't I think it's
0: a rip it's not going to be,
1: it's not going to be, it's a rip off. Uh, it's not going to be evaporated in five years' time, um, but it it is it is uh, increasingly more difficult to justify it when you are paying so much for so many other things. Uh, you know, in terms of subscriptions and stuff like that. I just don't. know And how when you,
0: you can compare continue. what you are paying for with the BBC, it is the most extortionate, ridiculous cost out there. Because I only watch Line of Duty on BBC, and then I don't watch it, so I am paying twelve quid a month or whatever it is. For Line of Duty,
1: yeah, but that's you. Some people watch Antiques Roadshow and Garden as well, and like, <laughs> MasterChef, and not me. Yeah, but, but <laughs> a little bit me.
0: <laughs> I love Antiques Roadshow. I, I watch, hate Antiques Roadshow. I watch it's old, just the Runs... most
1: pointless program.
0: What's wrong with you, mate?
1: What's I'll, wrong with me? Yeah, it's really lacking diversity. That's one thing. Go on, argue against it. Go on. Um, Who does it serve? I've never
0: watched them, oh. mate. Absolutely terrible show. Disgusting. <laughs> and it's exactly why I don't want to pay the the, the rates no, for BBC. No, 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 no.
1: It's um no, no. I, I think it is um it is uh underutilised and we pay too much for it, but it 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 deal it, it does still create a lot of incredible content. It's just very difficult. You wouldn't be able to create the sort of content it does. Um and uh you know and you know and do it on half the what you pay for your fees the other thing is um, adverts you, you 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 know adverts pay for the other channels to run in the way they do so just if you think like an hour show sometimes on say Sky will have four advert breaks in it which is really annoying at least at the BBC you're not you're not having to pay for that
0: I think Sky's on its way out as well Based on what, Josh? Uh, I just like to sound like I'm like can make predictions that nobody else calls. Who owns Sky? Uh, what's his name?
1: Yeah.
0: Who? Uh, give me a clue. Could you know his name? Rupert. Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going anywhere. Well, I don't like Sky. I, I okay. I've got Sky. Uh, if it wasn't for Sky Sports, I wouldn't have Sky.
1: Where are you going with this?
0: No way, mate. I just wanted to know if you thought. Kate, you, you haven't I, thought about this podcast. I, 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 today, I just have you? Thought, no, I just wanted to know if you thought Kate Fleming was dead. I wasn't yeah. intending to do that long on it, um, but anyway. Do you think
1: Kate Fleming's dead?
0: No. No, but I don't. I don't know. Well, then it wouldn't be unlike what? this kind of thing for her to be dead. I yeah, reckon they do kill she off might, characters, don't they? I reckon she might have been shot bad and then you you know you've, she doesn't die she sort of just comes back to life she just right at the end they'll go is this person h blink once if no and blink twice if yes Oh, did they do that on another one they did yeah 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 i thought i would made that up moving on anyway has because there may be people that don't watch the line of duty because they don't pay their bbc not their line of duty just line of Duty. <laughs> okay, sorry, mate. All <laughs> um, right, all right. Let's get on the ball, Josh. Come okay, on. Okay, thank you, mate. Thank you. Has yeah, April the seventh, seventh, two thousand and twenty. yeah what? Any 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 value in that date? Does that date bring anything up for you?
1: Was that the date that our lives changed forever?
0: It was. Has yeah. How did our lives our, change was, forever? Was that our first podcast, Josh? That was the date of the release of our first podcast. And that is a segue because you've just called me out as if I've not done any prep for leading today's podcast. And I have. Um, you la- you were in charge of leading the last podcast that we released. Do you know what yep. date that went out, has?
1: i do not know that that went
0: out has i'll tell you i'll tell you because i've done some research as part of uh coming up leading this podcast today that podcast went out on april the 7th 2021 exactly one year to the date of the release of our first podcast you did not mention it one single bit I would drop this mic but it's the only one I've got and I don't want to break it.
1: Why what listen we were talking about something really important last time like I didn't want to just shoehorn a you know a celebration in the middle of a, a deep conversation about addiction. So it was by design. You forgot. I did not <laughs> remember. So accurately. I
0: I I actually listened back to the the first like 3 minutes of uh of the first one. Did was, you this morning yeah. And it's not actually that bad, but I think if you listen to the next three or four, I think we're quite wooden at the beginning. We do a lot of like, we go, episode four, <laughs> we shout the episode and then we like try and because we're trying to start with loads of energy. Uh, yeah. But actually what I found in the first episode is I introduce myself, I introduce you. I say we've started a podcast because we've gone into lockdown and it's forced us to start I ask you how you're doing and you sort of uh give a real generic yeah i'm in between left and right up and down i'm feeling all right and then i think it's about two minutes 52 in and if you you know recognize that the first minute of that is the intro uh i plug that i'm a resilience coach and start talking about what i do in the world
1: (laughs) we know why you started a podcast right just to to build your brand even more
0: two minutes 52 to go to everyone by the way i'm and i start talking about what i do I just thought it was interesting. Um, but just on that, sorry,
1: uh, but before you before um, you go into that, I think there's something that um, I will not mind just saying, given that it's a, a year on. You know, you and I probably talked for about a year on doing the podcast, and I kept yeah. avoiding it. I kept sort of saying, yes, I'll do it, but internally, loads of noises were going off in my head mm-hmm. around, you know, lots of imposter syndrome, you know, like, um, you know, Josh does this, for a living he speaks publicly he talks about his story he tells his story I, I i think i was probably feeling that i'd be inferior and obviously i've proven that that's not the case and in fact well, was you, just you are say, inferior how, how to you, me. how have you become um, comfortable with yeah, being I'm such inferior. a beast. <laughs> um yeah it's really difficult um <laughs> but um but but i realized this and i've you know i coached this a lot as well um um but you know the 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 fear of the change is often much worse than the change itself right or Mm. the fear of the that first step i know it's talked about often but you have to just take the step and the first few times will be clunky and there's no getting over it like you know the first four or five were like we were just finding our rhythm and our pattern but then it got more and more comfortable and now we meet every two weeks and you know as you've as you've showcased today you you walk into it and you haven't done any preparation uh, at all <laughs> as the host right but we can just find our way through it and we just have a conversation um so I think just the learning is you, you know or what I'd love to share is that you know if you want to do something but you're scared of what it might be like or what people think just get like just try and put that to one side and mm. just get going and then um and then you just, you know, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. And then you get to a place where you actually you think, okay, we're not bad at this. And actually we could go do something with it.
0: Yeah, which which I, I want to talk a little bit about as well. So you sort of talked about how much you kind of put it off. And I think I, I was doing it to a degree as well, putting it off a little bit uh, for my own reasons, and which I'm going to get into in a minute. But... I'll, what was your main? Uh, we probably talked about this right at the beginning, but I just want to kind of unpack it again a little bit now. But what what was the main reason for you wanting to do this podcast?
1: The main reason I wanted to do this podcast was to was to get out of my head around um, around how I how I sound, how I appear, just to be able to uh, speak my truth. Because you know we have talked about this before in that the, you know in our professional lives. We're, we're paid to be a certain way, we're paid mm. to, I think I'm paid a lot for um, uh, the, the fact that I had a former life as a, as a kind of a corporate uh, business leader. And so I bring kind of advice and support and I coach people. Um, and so you, you, I personally didn't always bring my whole self in, you know, into my daily being. And so I wanted, I wanted to use the podcast to be able to showcase, you know, another side of me that, you know, we've often talked about was just joking around and, you know, and being a little bit less polished and being, you know, entirely authentic. And then the other bit that I speak less about is, you know, I've never loved being in, in the limelight. I don't like, mm. I don't particularly like uh, enjoy presenting uh, to kind of big crowds and I needed to push through that and you know, challenge myself. Um, and that's what I wanted to do and a big part of that I think is a fear that I I don't know what what I'll need to say in a moment if I'm put on the spot and there's nothing quite like you know pressing record and having a live conversation and then you firing questions at me or thoughts and being having to respond in a moment that really just kind of helps you dissipate that so those are the main reasons
0: yeah yeah and do you feel like do you feel like you've been able to integrate that into your work? So, like, the kind of, like, the the fear of presenting, the worrying, all, all the things that you just talked about, uh, the introducing the kind of uh, funnier side of you. I, I don't... I mean, I've not seen it yet, but I feel like it's there. Right? It is there. Do you feel like that part, particularly that part, the the bringing out the the fun, the more fun side, the the more authentic side. Has has that gone over it, into your work as well? Or is this just a space where you do it and you still stay kind of robotic and boring in the work? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Do you still stay, you know, does it, has it not crept in? That's what I'm asking
1: you. Um, I think uh, it, it, it undoubtedly has come into, in, into the work that I do. Um, and, you know, I would say that I think um, you go through stages in your life. As you get older, you become less, fearful about things. So I don't think I'm sort of fearful about presenting. Um, I just don't enjoy it, I think, as much as other people do. Um, that said, I think bringing your authentic self, saying what's on your mind um, is really, really important in the line of work that I do. And it's just helped to further solidify that. Um, but outside of that, um, it's not even just in the presenting space, it's, it's how you communicate in the world. So uh, you know, just kind of get, you know, getting out of my head and putting my Instagram profile together or um, communicating uh, my thoughts without worrying about um, uh, the impact or repercussions on my business. For example, when I wrote a piece about uh, my reaction to um, kind of the Black Lives Matter movement, I just, you know, I wanted to get what was out, out, uh, in me, out. And I think I probably... F- Felt more courageous having um, had our conversations and putting them out for people to listen. Um, so it's definitely played a role and it's had an impact.
0: Yeah, and from a personal perspective, mine was very similar. The main reason I wanted to do it was because um, in the work, the work that I do, because I talk about emotions, people think that I'm, people that don't know me think that I'm re- like a really deep person who's very serious so he's looking at kind of emotions and and like there you know there's a huge part of me that is like that but you know me on a day-to-day basis i'm not really like that i'm like i love having a joke and i love being playful and you know all being sort of uh in the moment in 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 that way and I don't think people expect this from me from what I'm able to do on the podcast, which is have a bit of a joke, laugh about things, see the funny side and stuff. And it's definitely, for me, helped me integrate it, bring that playful side out in my work a bit more to feel confident to do it. So on a personal level, I certainly feel like it's helped me a lot in that that space. Most people are not expecting to come. When I say I do a podcast, they think I'm gonna be doing a podcast where we get people on who are doing the work unpack the work and it's deep and meaningful and they're not expecting me to be on here talking about what Boris Johnson smiles like or whatever we you know the kind of conversations that we have but from a less personal perspective what what do you what, what do you think we wanted to achieve with this podcast as in what did we want to give the people that listen to the podcast uh, and do you think we've achieved that
1: um, I mean, you know, I would say so far because we're only a year in, and there's, you know, um, we're not we're not planning to. It's a year and what, it's soon. a year and
0: two weeks, um, because two of weeks. your lack of awareness. But sorry, carry on.
1: So, um, I lost my train of thought. Hold on, what was I going to say? Um, we're only yeah, a year no, in. no. What we what we intended to do was to challenge e- each other. Yeah. To have the difficult conversations, challenge each other's um, perspectives, um, and to bring the difficult conversations that people um, don't have, are willing to have or are too fearful to have. Yeah. Um, and I think we've we've definitely done that. You know, I think we've definitely raised the bar on conversations, but also um, to to normalise curiosity um, and to almost. Um, enable a bit of naivety as well you know Mm -hmm. so you know we will be the first to admit when we don't know something but that doesn't but because you don't know something doesn't mean you shouldn't be curious about it and have a conversation about it Mm -hmm. i think just encouraging people to um to listen to us and then think deeply about something so i i've had lots of feedback from people to say oh that made me think that particular conversation really made me think um and that's good that's you know that's that's um all we can ask for.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the things I'm most proud of that we've done in the last year is we've really, and some big things have happened, you know, it's been through, we've obviously had the pandemic, which has kind of, you know, been through the whole part of it. And then we've had the Black, the Black Lives Matter movement, which we've talked, I think a lot about and challenged a lot, challenged a lot, uh, ourselves a lot on, and there's been lots of, more recently, I mean, I pinned you down really, I ha- We're going to come on to this in a minute, but I held you to the fire a little bit in terms of the whole conversation around uh, women and, and how we show up in, in that space. It's a bit of a probably putting you on the spot, so I don't know if you'd be able to answer. Do you have any highlights from the last year of the podcast? Are there any episodes that stand out to you or moments that stand out to you?
1: Yeah. Um, undoubtedly, the one that I really enjoyed most. Um, was on the, you know, in the week of the anniversary of your sobriety. And where you, I mean, that's the one that people often always talk to me about, like it just stopped them and, you know, a lot of people got really emotional about it. But you telling your story, me holding the space and and just letting you tell your story, even though I know it very well, mm-hmm. um, was an important moment. But also, I know it well, but then just still hearing it and then talk, you talking about, you know, the, sitting in the pub and Oguero and and um, yeah exactly that 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 was a that was a big moment and then um, I think I think just the the conversations around George Floyd and uh, Black Lives Matter and hypocrisy and holding people to account that I felt very proud of those conversations
0: Mm, yeah because I found them uh, extremely uncomfortable at times as well, particularly because they were quite near, you know, relatively near the beginning when we were doing this, right? So there was there was still a little bit of like, how are people going to react to us doing this? How are people going to react to us having those kind of conversations? So I'm really, yeah, def- I I I would agree with you on both of them. uh The year anniversary, it's, it's mad, see, you know. So it's only a month until the nine year anniversary. So that was nearly yeah. a year. That one was nearly a year ago as well. Yeah. It's mad, and whenever it's crazy. that I watched the Premier League years on recently, and that one was on, and I cry every time I watch that, mate. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch it, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of power in that. Where are we going next for this? What if you had any visions for the next year? Do we? Is it just a case of carrying on doing what we're doing?
1: Um I mean I we talked a lot about getting some people on to join us I'd love to make that happen you know I don't think we'll do it like week in week out because I think the the dynamic really works but I'd love to get people on interesting people to just come and join us have the conversation and um, beyond that I think just uh, maybe just starting to integrate the community a bit more asking them what they'd love us to talk about hear from them and just um, you know and listeners and you know, start canvassing ideas for topics that they'd love us to talk about. Um, and I'd, I'd love to hear you rant about Boris more because I don't think you did that enough last year.
0: Oh, we got some rants coming. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> uh, but the one thing that I would say, we've just taken uh, Simon on board as a content creator. So I do think in the coming year, uh, that's really going to help us kind of connect a little bit more with the community because up until now, I'd been trying to make videos and I've been very sporadic with them and I'd put them out there. And we've missed loads of opportunities, really, for some good ways of getting content out there in that way and giving people an opportunity to have sort of expressed their views and their opinions on it. So hopefully with Big Up Simon, with, with him on board, uh, regularly creating those bits of content. Do you know our, our bit of content that done the best? What? Uh, it was the one where I compared the way that we look at racism to the way that we look at veganism.
1: Do you know? Oh really? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I I would have thought it would have been the uh, the Grant Mitchell <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> montage. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm sure that did. I don't know the views on that one, but I'm sure it did really well, especially with all the big Grant Mitchell fans out there. So moving on to the next thing that I want to talk about, Haz, and I've been really looking forward to talking about this. I thought you was going to bring it up last week, but you didn't. I'm going to play it. You might have saw me looking down while he was talking. I wasn't being rude. I was just getting this video ready because it's one minute 54. So we've got to do that awkward thing where we're looking at each other again. Um, I'm just going to play it. Obviously, you won't see it. But I'm just going to play <laughs> the sound down and then we're going to we're gonna talk about it. I don't know if you've seen this a lot.
2: Had this much death, was 2008, that's the British Medical Journal. No, no, I came here to speak to this man, not your security. You have failed me. Thank you. We, I've been a Labour voter my entire life, you have failed to be in your position. You have failed to ask whether no, lockdown know, was functioning. A car just
0: behind. Can we just do you I understand? Here we, we, we go on an in.
2: Thousands of people have died because you have failed to do your job and ask the real questions. Well, I am telling you now, and I hope this goes out, you have failed this country. You have seriously failed. You, you have allowed our children to wear masks in school when it's never been any evidence for it so i really you about right. this pandemic kind of you, you can let me just pause it here
0: because I'm going to play a little bit right the, obviously just so you know this is a, a, a man having a discussion with Keir Starmer right I'm sure you I'm sure you've kind of gathered that have you seen this video yeah.
2: have No, you seen I have this not.
0: video so no. Keir Starmer gets out of it by saying should we go in now because he's about to go in the pub for a pint right <laughs> so he goes to walk into the pub <laughs> I'll play more.
2: Finally, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I am the landlord. It's the landlord. That man is not allowed in my heart. It's the landlord. I'm not gonna physically hurt him. That man <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: assault! salt. I am not bothering you. I am not bothering him. So, Keir Starmer, I- I'm going to shut it off there, but Keir Starmer says, like, his way of getting out of what the man's saying to him is to say, look, come on, let's just go in the pub now. They go to go in the pub and it turns out the bloke that's digging him out is the landlord of the pub. So, he starts going, you're not coming in my pub, get out, my pub, starts going mental. So, they have to leave because it's the landlord of the pub and he doesn't want, a, he said, you're not coming in my pub.
1: Oh, so the guy that was holding him to account, who who started, was the actual land, uh, pub landlord?
0: Was the pub landlord. Oh, my I gosh. can't believe you haven't seen that. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. <sighs> so I want to have a discussion here. I'm going to start by. Can you just explain who Keir Starmer is? Because there'll probably be a lot of people listening who don't know who he is.
1: <laughs> He's a man in hiding. Um, Keir Starmer is the uh, leader of the Labour Party. What's the, the Labour Party? Leader of the opposition.
0: Oh, the opposition. What's their job then at the moment? At the moment, or in general? In general. The
1: in general the the role of the opposition party is to is to oppose the uh, the party that's in government um to hold them to account um they're often at the opposite ends of the um political spectrum and so it has been for i don't know how long decades you know labor and and uh, the conservative party in this country
0: okay good so what's Keir starmer's job who is he again did you say he was the leader of that party he's the leader of that party wow do you think there's any other job in history, any other job role in history, where you would be able to stay within your role having failed in it that badly?
1: That's uh, so it's a very very um, complex question because you do see it a lot. Unfortunately, you do see it a lot. You you do you do see um, institutions where people have continually failed in their job, um, um, where 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 you know, continually further their job and they not only are they um not exited, they often continue to be rewarded. So you see it a lot. However, you know, um <laughs> I think the point you're making is there is no accountability um for him and his role. He's been completely absent. Um And uh, he has not done what he needed to do to hold this government to account. And then those moments where he should have been calling for resignations, for example, Matt Hancock handing out contracts, um, he didn't ask for the resignation. Yet now he's saying that now he's really talking about Tory sleaze, like he's turned up the volume on Tory sleaze. um, And it's ridiculous.
0: If there was a general election tomorrow, I voted Labour every single time in my life, I don't think I would vote. I couldn't vote for Labour and Keir Starmer. And I think that I you hate it you're biting your lip don't bite your lip at me has but yeah I just I just at.
1: think it's that's just that that's a that's a that's a p- position of privilege right to be able to just withhold your vote and I think that's it, you you can't change just by withholding your vote and if you choose to withhold your vote then you can't talk about politics on
0: this show because I think this is, see I, I I don't know about this. I don't know about this. How can I vote for somebody who's not done what he's supposed to have done well, for me? Well then vote for someone else.
1: Do you know do you know the policies of every other uh political party? Have you looked into anyone beyond labor S- significantly? I mean I just think withholding the vote is uh, or abstaining it's a dangerous thing because mm because there is just um, the, the, the kind of the apathy and the and the kind of inertia. You know, so many people don't vote. It, that's what lets um, extremists creep in to mm. uh, society and gives them power. And I just think... So who um, would I
0: vote for? I don't, like, that's up to the, you, The, the man. point I'm that's, making, the point I'm yeah. making, if there was a general election, like I know the kind of abstaining and not voting and you can't talk about politics if you don't vote. How, but... I, like i would i would vote labor every single time straight away without even really thinking about it and we've had this we had this conversation on whatsapp and at the time you you kind of won the discussion as in you 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 know i sort of led us down a path of asking the questions i i still struggle to not to 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 not hold him in the same light as boris johnson
1: yeah, you said that Keir was the same as Boris Johnson, and I as, disagree. As, as culpable as, as Boris culpable.
0: Johnson, I disagree. I
1: disagree. The role has he played his role appropriately? No, far from it. Absolutely not. And he should be held accountable for that. But he cannot be held accountable for what the government has done, and also the government has a majority. So look, um, the, the 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 Tory. Um, the Tory ministers voted in droves to um, uh, to shut down an independent inquiry into this cronyism and, and, and sleaze.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, like, there, there's no way to get around it. Um, the problem is, it, it, Keir Starmer is, is kind of the current leader of the Labour Party and therefore, you know, and the role that he's played over the last 12 months, 14 months um, has not been good enough. But Labour in itself has been focusing on it, it, it over the last 10 years, been focusing on focusing on itself first, the the, the fights between the Miliband brothers, mm. right? Then you've got like Corbyn and um, and what's going on in terms of uh, um, anti-Semitism within their party, which mm. needed to be rooted out. Then there was a, you know, then there's factional fighting between unions and uh, other interests. And so when they start now talking about, uh, you know, focusing on sleaze their Labour party has been in disarray for over a decade. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they haven't been focused on the right things and they need to sort themselves out and they need to get a leader that can, you know, not be fearful of the impact of the different factions in the party and just
0: basically get on with it. Yeah, which is, it, it, that, but that's his job. That's the very thing that he's there to do. And he's barely showed up at all throughout this pandemic.
1: Yeah.
0: He's barely showed up at all. When that landlord in that little clip that I just played, Keir Starmer's reaction to him was, I'm not going to stand here and be lectured by you. Yeah. Oh, oh, he was, pro- He was. I mean, it, you couldn't see the video, but he, is, he stood there with his hands in his pockets at this point, mm. just saying what he thinks and feels. And Keir Starmer's like, I'm not going to be lectured by you. A bloke that's just told him, I'm a Labour voter. I've been a Labour voter all my life. And you've let me down. I mean, he was saying perhaps some things that people might see as extreme. He's saying thousands of people have died because of you and because of what you've not done. I don't think that's too, you know. I think you'd have a hard job arguing against that. Personally, were you a fan of Tony Blair? To be honest with you, I wasn't in a headspace to really be able to have a okay, uh, a proper political opinion. Back then, I was a drunk who used to sit in the pub talking about how my grandparents, none of which I know uh, or have any idea of who they were, uh, fought in the war so that you could vote. And if you don't vote, then you're a bane on this society. And I'd, ne- I'd never voted once in my life. I hadn't had a fixed abode long enough to be able to vote. So I was full of crap back then. So um, nothing's changed then. <laughs> <laughs> no, carry on. Um, uh,
1: no, okay, so so um that was probably a window of your life where you didn't really understand the kind of the complexities of what was going on but w- know I'd what thought, you know now about Tony Blair
0: yeah again see uh, then you then then i'd need to do a bit of like history research all i know is that he's everyone talks about him being a part of the war and starting the war and all that kind of stuff back yeah. then I'd look back at policies back then and the things that we had within our schools and the ways that we looked after young people and all that and they were much better Over the, since the since the Tory party have been in we've taken everything away from the children the education secretary right now has, has come out and said children back at school are lacking discipline and their behaviour is poor as a result of their year off so we need to get firmer and more disciplined with children which I just think is so f- far wide of the mark what I would say is a lot of the policies and stuff that Corbyn was talking about that people would have said was ridiculous and laughed him out of the building for now look pretty good
1: yeah the, it, the thing the thing about um, you know policies in government we've talked about this before there's you know there's the there's the ideology which I've you know, which I can agree with a lot of it. And then the reality of putting that in practice. So you might look at the ideology of something, but you've got got to balance it. You've got to be able to kind of deliver that. And so, and that there was never a real plan around that. Nothing that felt like it was credible. But then the other thing about um, someone like Jeremy Corbyn is that he's so rigid and so tied to his ideology that he wasn't flexible enough to to be able to uh, respond to a multicultural, multi, multi-generational, multi-class-based society. Mm. And that's why he would never win. And that's why you always get, you know, centrists that kind of do well. And that's why Keir Starmer originally looked like he would probably be somebody that could start to bring some of the voters back over towards Labour. But mm. he's just been completely absent.
0: Yeah, I think um, bringing in a Tory as a, as a leader of the Labour Party was probably where they made the mistake. <laughs>
1: Look, I know you say that all the time, right? And I know you're having a little joke, but what does that? What does that even mean? Uh, well, what do you mean by that? Uh,
0: like he's helping all the Tories get away with everything that they're doing. So you think he's like
1: a stooge? You think he's been planted? Do you think he's actually a Conservative Party member?
0: Yeah, I reckon he's an alien, right? I reckon he's an actual machine, like Men in Black. Like, just... I reckon, yeah, I reckon he's <laughs> yeah. a machine that they've made. And they've sent him into. Oh, I tell you who he is. I tell you who he is. I tell you who Keir Starmer is. Terminator. No. <laughs> no, because he won't be back once he's gone. The dude out of line of. That was good. Yeah, that was pretty good. The dude out of line of duty. <laughs> yeah, of line of duty. What's his well, name?
1: Just a lot of dudes. In you know line the of young
0: duty. lad? The young lad who just. We think might have shot Kate Fleming. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, because he's like, you know, been planted in the police since he was a kid, is not he? I love yeah. how we
1: were having a very serious conversation about- uh, No, the, I'm being deadly you know... totally serious, mate. Oh, okay, I'm... so it's him.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh, he's H. He
1: he's must be H.
0: It's <laughs> not Keir Starmer, it's Heir Starmer. He is the actual OCG. He's always been involved <laughs> Top in organised yeah. crime. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We need to get AC12 on him.
1: <laughs> Steve Arnott, he'll take him down. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, but I want to just say something like- you you you're saying that you if a general election was called tomorrow, you wouldn't vote. Do you uh,
0: know what no, I think? Can, can I just uh, I say you might not I, vote. You might I'm not being, vote for Labour. I'm being yeah. over that. I'm being purposefully uh, polarised. I would find it very very difficult. I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't yeah. know what to do. What
1: I think you should do, and I think we should do, is continue to have this conversation and 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 not be afraid. But also. Um, have you written to Keir Starmer to tell him what you think? I'm serious. because
0: no, he won't want to be lectured by someone like me, will he?
1: Yeah, but does
0: should that stop you? Um, No. I feel a little bit... Do you know what? I feel a little bit like uh, I did at school now, where I'm like... What, by your teacher? Yeah, when I'm like, I, I haven't done my homework because I couldn't... You know, I didn't have the colouring pens, and my teacher's like, well, did you try and get the colouring pens when you knew you didn't have them?
1: Yeah, no, I look... I I, I, <laughs> I, I think... We, you know, we are armchair football managers. We're armchair critics, and um, we've we've taken one tiny step forward in having our conversations in a public forum. But if we feel really strongly um, about something, we should we should use our voice. We should yeah. write to Keir Starmer. You should write to your local MP. You should get involved. You should hold them to account. To hold the government in uh, office to account do right? you th- so, do you think he's failed I do yeah I do think he's failed i won't i won't deny that I also th- think everyone deserves a right of redemption, and it so you know he has screwed up and and It's irreparable what what he's done because his inaction and him not doing his job has led to deaths. There's no question about it. You know, multiple thousands of deaths. And there's an opportunity to do something now, right? So there's an old, I think there's an old Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. So he just needs to start doing something now um, because I also look at what, do we need another internal labour uh, leadership uh, election and battle that then gives the Tories another, you know, three, four, five, six, seven years to mm-hmm. hold on to power. Now, I think he needs to be held to account. He needs to step up. And it's incumbent upon his uh, cabinet, his leaders, the kind of the the donors, the benefactors, us, you know, mm. Labour voters to hold them to account. And I'll be the first to admit, I'm giving you a hard time, but... I feel strongly about it, but I haven't done anything about it. So I think no, yeah, we, should. Yeah. We, should. we should. We should. We should we should write to his office. We should. Or
0: not let him in your pub. I wouldn't or not let him in pub. the pub.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll refuse to work with them with Mavericks Unlimited. I'll <laughs> we'll get the brief. No, not with Keir. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's it. Like, I think we've got to do more. You can't just not vote. We've got to do more. What do you think Keir Starmer smells like? I reckon he's... Definitely not as stinky as Boris Johnson, but definitely not as good as Rishi Sunak. I'd say he's soap. I,
0: think he, I would say he's I reckon uh, he smells like
1: lef- soap. I think he's left of the middle, which is the same as his political views.
0: <laughs> I reckon soap, he smells reckon? very soapy. Like not, like not, not he's not he's not not after Yeah, he's not like wearing Savage or anything like that. Right. No. But he's he's washing his hands a lot and he's clean. Yeah. not like Boris Johnson, who's like musty.
1: Boris Johnson's like you could you, his suits look like they've been worn for f- like six days in a row. Never fit in properly, neither. They don't. I, I don't even it's know all, if it's it's, it's. it's all by design. Don't you think it's all by design? That it's like his sort of his style, his look, the ill-fitting suits, the the fuzzy hair. It's it. It's so people don't try and take him too like they like his sort of kind of teddy bear style you know it's it's his it's their equivalent way of showing he's like your guy next door yeah but he's not And he's big conf- on that. You know. Apparently,
0: somebody told me, it might have even been you, somebody or somebody else that's never met him or no, you know, not close to him at all, but that he ruffles his hair up and all that before he goes on stage. He does all of that on purpose. Yes. Yeah. But he's he's quite clever with that stuff. You know, like he goes on the building sites and he's all like, well, we're going to build our way out of this, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's all like, yeah. you know, like, way to get everyone on him. And he's just got him, you know, he's said that he's had a lot to say about this Super League thing, hasn't he? mm like, we'll do everything that we can to stop it, which is basically nothing. It's absolutely nothing to do with him and there's nothing he can do. But coming out and saying that, he sees an opportunity to make people go, oh yeah, Boris tried, did all he could to stop it. Yeah. He can't stop it anyway, because Matt Hancock's cousin has something to do with the Super League. So this, it will go ahead.
1: <laughs> and Matt, Matt Hancock has shares in it as well. Yeah, exactly. So, uh...
0: yeah. Mate, I think, I think we're about there. We are here and have arrived at our reasons to be cheerful. I've enjoyed that today. That was good. That was good. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Why not? Well, go on, then.
1: My reason to be cheerful, Josh, is the art of accountability.
0: Oh, the art of account The yeah, title. You know what I'm talking about, bad. don't you? No.
1: Yeah. Oh, um, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're involved. <laughs> um, no, so... Um, we uh we have decided haven't we josh that on uh every monday morning mm-hmm. we leave each other a voice note uh on whatsapp um with our accountabilities these like two or three things that we are going to get done this week and um this is our second week of doing it but i really i really like it right because it uh it 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 makes me set some intention but also if i if i I'm going to fail. I don't like failing <laughs> in front of mm-hmm. you, so I'll like pull out the stops to get what I need to get done, but also just makes me conscious of the things that I've committed to doing. Whereas, you know, otherwise life can just be one long, endless to do list where you're not really doing anything meaningful or che- checking anything off. And so, when I came into Monday this week, I was very conscious of the fact that I'd done two of the three things that I said I would, and it just helped me to uh, pull forward the thing that I didn't do and then add another thing. So, by the time we uh connect later on in the week um i know i'll be kind of working towards things and i th- i really i really love it it's just a different way of thinking uh for me and i think the big thing is the accountability buddy you know ho- you know holding to each other to account but supporting each other as well it's not just yeah
0: yeah yeah and it's like w- the, w- with the intentions that i set last week what i like about it is when i if i was leaning towards not getting it done or not being in the moment that i said that i was going to do there was a part of me that was like, how's is gonna ask you why you're not doing this, right? And you either do it, or you're gonna to have to unpack whatever is the block of why you're not doing it, right? So it's not really about, you know, there's that failure piece, but then there's also that like, I even need to face whatever it is blocking me from doing this now, or I'm gonna to have to face it next week when I check in with you on it, right? Yeah. So it, like, there's a piece there where it's like, most of the time that we don't do stuff, I think it's because we're being blocked by something. So it's like, I need to just face this block now or I'm going to have to face it next Monday. I may as well face it now and get it done. And mm. the second, what else I like about it is that we talk about intentions a bit more rather than we're talking necessarily about goals, although we are just kind of flipping the word to to a degree. But these aren't, our, a lot of the intentions that we've set have been like family-based. So one of mine, for example, last week was to, have two hours of no phone time in the times when I'm at home on my own with the kids, when my when my wife is at work. And, you know, being really mindful then and recognizing how hard it actually was for me to put my phone away and to be in those moments, I actually had to create activities because I thought to be in this moment, I need to actually do something to be in this moment. Mm-hmm. So it's really beneficial, mate. And it's something that I'm looking forward to doing a lot. And we'll probably talk about it on here more, right?
1: Yep, for sure. I mean, there's so much evidence to show that um, you know having just an accountability partner for things that you want to get done, intentions, goals, whatever you want to call it, just drives up your success rate. Mm. Um, so when you have somebody spot for you when you are uh, in the gym, similar sort of thing, right? You just you don't want to let your the person down, and um, and so there's definitely an element of that, you know. Mm. So
0: yeah, cool good mine doesn't actually mine does have a title I'm going to call it emotional resilience now I know I've used this as one of my things already because I, I used it when we launched it when I launched it um it's something that I feel like I could have done a little while ago make it op- open to everybody and here's my truth the reason that I didn't is because I was so worried that I would open it and nobody would sign up uh it's this Thursday night uh over 100 people have signed up now uh and I just feel really good about it, really pleased about it. i really looking forward to doing it, delivering it um, to a lot of sort of my community, really. People that have supported what I do online, but have never really been able to have access to the kind of work that I do because it's always been in the corporate space. So, you know, making this kind of shift and and doing this more and more now, looking to get this opening up and giving people opportunities in these spaces, has been something that I'm really passionate about and something that, I can't wait. I just can't wait to do it Thursday, and then, and then uh, I go from there and see how I feel on the Friday. Do you know what I mean? And decompress after it, or it'd be a real. It's a big achievement. So, so yeah, that is my reasons to be cheerful, and I feel very cheerful about it.
1: Mate, I love it. I I, I love it, and I think um, the reason I love it is it's less about you actually. It's more about your community because, mm. like you say, so many people um, that follow you won't get a chance to access. Uh, the work that you do with, with with organizations, because it's usually very bespoke and focused on those organizations. But also, um, you know, cost is a big factor. And, and so, you know, for, for you to m- make it accessible uh, periodically through the year, I think is absolutely brilliant, because, you know, it's one of those things that uh, uh, will help so many people. So mm-hmm. um, I'll be there, a bunch yeah. of the team will be there. We're looking forward to it. So yeah
0: well, done, well way to finish i love the reasons to be cheerful mate it was uh, such a great idea that i came up with to do at the end of the podcast. i actually. don't
1: believe that's the case let's not You'd... rewrite history i know you've been trying to rewrite history all uh, all episode but um but this is one that i came up with as with all the great ideas for this show and just generally your life i come up with them <laughs>
0: I think that's a good place to end this Hass this has been <laughs> brilliant and uh, I will see you in a couple of weeks my friend yeah see you then mate thanks again for listening to 115 miles with Josh Connolly Hassan Kai.